Today is an adventurous journey, and the reading comes from Matthew 14, 22 to 33. And to put it into context, this is just after Jesus has fed the 5,000. I've been lucky because I've read this a few times, and every time I read it, I get something else out, out of it, and Pastor Peter's got a cracker, a cracker sermon uh, coming straight after this. I, I sort of trying to put myself in the boat in this instance, so if you can sort of imagine that and feel what that would, would have been like. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried, it's a ghost. I would have probably said something else. (laughs) But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Just imagine stepping out of the boat and doing that. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. Pastor Peter. Great to be here with you. Shall we pray? Father God, so wonderful that you can lead us on the adventure of life. We thank you that we do not journey alone, but that Jesus, you are in life with us and that through your Holy Spirit, you you lead us and guide us and direct us. So Holy Spirit, we invite you now to speak your word deeply and richly into our lives so that on our journey, we may experience your wonder. Amen. You ever noticed how the phrase, a journey, has increased in vocabulary over recent years. You know, everything's a journey. It's become a euphemism for life and a euphemism for for life stages. A journey often involves moving from one thing to another. You can move from babyhood to childhood. You move from childhood to adolescence. You move from adolescence to adulthood. You move from adulthood to old age and, well, then you go back to being a baby again. (laughs) My wife tells me I haven't really changed through many of those stages, still at the baby stage. Then, as someone shared with me after the first service, there's physical moving 
They're moving out of, he's moving out of his home of 58 years into a retirement village. You can move from primary school to high school. You move from high school to a, an apprenticeship or to university. You move from one job to another. Then there's also the emotional journeys that we go on. You can, you can journey from fear to trust. You can move from uh, anxiety to peace. Sometimes when life doesn't about turn, you then do a reverse journey and go from peace back to anxiety. Uh, we're often never stagnant. And today we're going to be looking at uh, how Jesus is with us in this wonderful adventure and how life can become a wonderful adventure. And the first thing I want to share is that life becomes a wonderful adventure when you allow Jesus to transition you. So to be sure, life is full of transitions, but there are some things that are a good idea and not a God idea. I'm one of those people that has more ideas than I know what to do with. Uh, unfortunately, not all of my ideas, even my good ideas, are God ideas. And so the danger is that I can go around implementing things that are done out of self-interest or motivated by fear or just because I'm bored, but I haven't really asked God about it. And so in these transitions, whether it's an individual transition or you know, a community, a family can transition. A congregation can transition. In fact, if we don't transition, we remain static. And if you remain static, you know what happens. Your physio will tell you, you've got to keep moving. If you don't put a ceiling fan on to move things around, mould increases. So you don't want to be disabled or mouldy. And so we transition. And, and so as a congregation... As a community, as a small group, as a ministry, we're called to transition. But we don't just transition into those things that may be good ideas, but we transition into those things that are God ideas. And so we see in our Bible reading in verse 22, right at the very beginning, the, uh, the Bible says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. So it wasn't that the disciples said, hey, let's go on a trip. Have you ever noticed also in the Gospels how a number of things are repeated? There's the feeding, and not, not just uh, repeated as in the same story being retold, but different accounts. There's the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000. There's numerous accounts of a person born blind who was healed by Jesus. It's because when they were in the early church and us today, 2,000 years later, look back, we realise that the statements of Jesus are reinforced and undergirded by his actions. So when we're in darkness and we realise Jesus says, I am the light of the world, ah, he healed that blind man. Oh, he healed that blind man. Wow, he healed another blind man. Uh, when we know that we need the water of life, we, we see the, the amounts of time that Jesus did things involving water. Feeding of the 5,000 and 4,000, Jesus is our bread of life. And so there's not just one lake crossing with a storm, but there's two lake crossings with a storm. So that as we look back and remember and reflect, we can take courage from the fact that transitioning is always part of life with Jesus. If we stay the same, we're regressing and we're going backwards. And this is part of Jesus' plan for us. But the other thing about life becoming a wonderful adventure is, is it becomes a wonderful adventure when you know that it will be messy 
And to be sure, I don't know of any transition that isn't messy. You know, the baby that's in here is now the baby out here through a whole lot of mess and pain. Uh, The baby that's crying is often happy because you've dealt with another kind of mess. And change involves turbulence, it involves upset, it can involve difficulty. The disciples find themselves in a storm. When evening came, Jesus was there alone, but by this time the boat battered by the waves, far from the land, and the wind was against them. I remember in 2008, Julie, my wife, went with a number of members from this congregation to a a conference in Melbourne, and after one of the evening sessions, the speaker invited uh, people forward for prayer and and a blessing, and a whole lot of people came forward. She, She said more came forward than didn't, And this bloke was coming along and he was just laying hands on people and and giving them a blessing. And he came to Julie and he started messing up her hair. And as Julie was telling me the story, when I got back, I was thinking, wow, did this guy know what he was doing? You see, when we travel, uh, we have a special suitcase just for Julie's hair products (laughs) and and her hair dryer. In fact, they go over to the special counter and uh, get taken care of. And so this man's messing up Julie's hair and he's going, it's going to get messy. It's going to get really messy. And then he moved on and he was blessing some more people and he came running back over to her and he tussled up her hair again and said, it's going to get really messy. And less than one year later, the Holy Spirit, while Julie and I were on a retreat, called us quite clearly out of here where we were more than comfortable and happy and being blessed and living the dream into a life of what we didn't know. Here's two things about the mess. Messy can sometimes be a result of consequences, but messy can also be a time of teaching and preparation for where you are not yet. And being messy is sort of like the Israelites in the wilderness. You're not in Egypt, you've been delivered out of that, but you're not yet in Canaan, but you're sort of in this in-between stage, which is, well, it's just messy. Here's the point. God is with you in the mess. And so life becomes a wonderful adventure. Thirdly, when you see Jesus with you in the storm and therefore with you in your fear. It's interesting when you read a passage again and again, as Perry said, he's done a few times this past week, and and I've been marinating myself in this, this account. And you just see some little words, and I want you to focus on the word toward. And early in the morning, Jesus came walking towards them on the lake. The wind was against them. The waves were against them. The conditions were against them. But Jesus was toward them. So in your mess, we can sometimes cry out, God, where are you? <laughs> And he's quite happy with us crying that out. He's robust enough for us to. But we can sometimes mistake circumstances being against us for God being against us and God's face is toward us. In fact, Marilyn came up to me in between the service and she said, I I just had a revelation. And her revelation was this. Jesus didn't sneak up behind them, 
But if he was coming towards them, that means he was coming from the direction in which they were headed. So Jesus had already been to where they were going. So when you're transitioning, Jesus is already where you're transitioning towards. How good is that? That means uh, that we have a, a habitational God, not a visitational God. He's not just a God that visits you every now and then, but he's a God who inhabits you through the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of you. He doesn't just say, when you cry out, I'll come and visit you, but he indwells you. He indwells your circumstances. He indwells your mess. He indwells every aspect of your life. And he's with you in your sin. He's with you in your hurt. He's with you in your brokenness. He's with you in your transitioning. That's empowering, isn't it? It's, it's trust building. It's freeing. As storms are often fear producing, we know that. The disciples knew it. It says there in 26 and 27, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out to him in fear. You know how much of life is fear-based? Well, you probably do, especially if you're transitioning. Because when you're transitioning, you don't always know the outcome. And even though we've just been told that Jesus is there in the outcome, we don't always experience that. And Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. At the first service, there's a guy here, part of this community called Gary Cooper, and I've got his permission to share this. Uh, he just had a second heart attack a few weeks ago. And, uh, well, you know the outcome because he was here this morning, so that's good. But he said just before he was going into the surgery, or when he was in the operating theatre, he heard the words clearly, it is I, do not be afraid. It is I, do not be afraid. Presence is empowering. Being isolated, being alone, being abandoned is fear producing. And yet Jesus comes into our situation and he says, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. So, so what's your storm? As an individual, as a family, as a congregation. And, and what do you want to approach Jesus with in the midst of this storm? You know, one of the reasons we have storms and one of the reasons we get into the mess is because they are the seedbed. Storms and messy situations are the seedbed of openness and vulnerability and trust. Peter answered him, verse 28 and 29, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. I find this so heartening. They thought he was a ghost. <laughs> and Peter goes, so he's just sort of testing it out. This is the beginning. This is, the, this is just the little wedge opening of, um, of trust and, and, and vulnerability and openness. We all right here? We'll just pause for a second.
I love that Jesus says to Peter, come. You know, one word. But I also love that Peter's able to test out. Because we're a mixture, aren't we? We're a mixture of faith and fear. We're a mixture of doubt and trust. And so like Peter, Lord, if it's you, is it you? This shouldn't be happening, but it is happening. And so transitioning is often a time where we come to God with our Lord ifs. And in response to that, Jesus just says, come. It's authoritative, it's gentle, it's invitational. And Peter does that. He steps out of the boat. The other day I was um, recovering from a run and uh, I had my leg up on the fence and was doing my hamstring stretches and then all of a sudden got the fright of my life because there was this voice behind me and it was a lady from the retirement home over our back fence. Julie and I joked that we're just going to build a sty and go over and uh, she said, is that good for you? (laughs) Well, she asked and I overshared and I told her how I used to get running injuries and then I went to a physio And the physio said, you don't stretch, do you? And I said, no, how could you tell? And he says, well, you're here in a physio. And he says, do you want to keep running? And I said, oh, yes, I want to keep running. He says, well, then you've got to stretch. And uh, I realized something that day, that that's exactly what faith is like. That if we want to keep moving forward in our transitions, then it's about being stretched and faith is stretched. In fact, the most significant part of faith is when it's stretched. That's, what's, that's what grows you. It's what sustains you. It's what keeps you going deeper into a relationship with Jesus. So in whatever transition you are in, as you keep moving forward, rather than regressing back, you're being stretched and you're growing. And then, lastly, life becomes a wonderful adventure when you experience the wonder of reliance, grace, and a deeper faith. Peter responded to Jesus and he walked on the water. Then it says in verse 30, but when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, I've heard a lot of messages on this passage and they focus on things like this. You must keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Don't look at the wind. Don't look at the waves. When you take your eyes off Jesus, that's when you sink. And I go away just feeling so burdened because I can't keep my eyes fixed on Jesus all the time. The good news in this passage is not that we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, not that we transition perfectly because there is no such thing. It's that when we sink, Jesus is right there reaching down. And so we can cry out, Lord, save me. And we see immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him saying, you of little faith, why did you doubt me? So folks, here's the key. It's not about the sinking. It's about the surrendering. It's not about the trying. It's about the trusting. It's not about expectations. I can walk on water. It's about expectancy. Jesus, how will you rescue me? How will we move forward? How fascinating, I didn't get through that, but Jesus, you are with me, you're empowering. And so that's how we get to journey through with Jesus. His grace is constant. His opportunities for us are never ending, always returning. 
And so we can go from resignation, I sank, to rescue, Jesus, you're here, to restoration. And so as you transition, your life will be a cycle like that, from resignation to rescue and restoration. And in that, you experience not only the miracle of grace, but you experience the miracle of wonder when in the middle of your transition, you can go like the disciples in the boat, truly, you are the Son of God. So where are you transitioning now? Physically, emotionally, in your faith, in your journey with Jesus? Wherever you're transitioning, however you're transitioning, I pray that you're gentle with yourself. It's not, oh, you sank, don't take your eyes off Jesus. It's, he's there with you. And how do you hear Jesus saying to the disciples, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Do you picture him like this? Oh, you of little faith, tapping his foot, you know, wagging his finger. Why did you doubt? I hear him going, Peter, this time you had a little faith. Why did you doubt? Next time, you'll have more faith and you'll doubt less. And the time after that, more faith and that. And then it says, those in the boat worship. Oh, sorry, back again. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Who got into the boat? They. So Peter sank, and it's not that Jesus then left him, pulls him out of the water, and then goes, right, on your bike or in your boat, you know, I'm off. No, Jesus hops back in with him. And then they transition together. So my prayer is that as you focus on this and as you look at where you're transitioning in life and where Holy Spirit is transitioning you, that it's not just a good idea, but it's a God idea. That uh, you know that it will be messy. That you know that faith is only faith as it's exercised and stretched. And that that in itself leads you to a life of wonder and awe. Amen. Would you join?